I'm so far away from home. Mm -hmm. I'm in my fuck it era. the guest variant podcast and who i'm with i'm coke and i'm louise and today we're in savannah georgia whoa my brain was wanted to say but we are with each other we're <laughs> not but we are not with each other okay. but we are with each other we, we are, are with each we other we are with each other but we've got a third friend we do a very special guest yes so we are with selena Ooh, our first in-person interview yes too. yes the setup is fun <laughs> professional <laughs> anyway should we get into it yeah. Before we get into the interview, we just quickly wanted to thank our amazing sponsor, Perk Coffee. Right now, we are lucky enough to be living in Savannah, near a Perk Coffee location. But if you're not living near a location, you can still enjoy Perk and have it delivered to your door. And your dad, who's in Connecticut right now, just recently got some Perk Coffee delivered using our code GUESSWARE15, which saves 15% off on all online purchases. Just perfect for any type of coffee drinker from instant to whole bean. Once again, our code is GUESSWARE15 for 15% off all online purchases. Don't forget to perk your day up with a cup of Perk Coffee. Now let's get into the interview. Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let me compose myself yes. now. I'm ready. Okay. I was born ready. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Selena, to the Guest Bar Amp podcast. Woo-hoo. We're so happy to have you. And I can't believe that you're here in real life. Diva. You're in 3D. I'm here. First person to be in 3D. How do you feel about it? It feels good. Yeah. I've, I've flown across the world just for this podcast, <laughs> just to be sat here yeah. interrogated for five hours. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a fun interrogation though. Yeah, it is. So I know we know everything about you for the most part. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. But do you want to give us a little bit about you? Quick overview, where you're from, okay. what you've been doing. So I'm Selena. I think self-introing is like one of the most awkward things mm-hmm, ever, mm-hmm. talking about yourself. So my favorite color is orange. <laughs> yeah. I have been traveling for seven months. Mm, no, I haven't. I've been living in Australia for six, traveling for one um, in America. I'm doing a 360 of the world. I started in England. I'm from England. Can you tell? Yorkshire north of England because nobody in America knows where it is. Everybody, whenever I say I'm from England, they're like, London? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's London. Went to Australia and now flying over to America and then back home. So I'm doing, I've made my way around the world. Dude, what else do you want to know? Are you excited to go back home? I miss home so much. (laughs) I spent the first 20 years of my life being like, I'm going to get out this country. I'm going to go live in California, New York. Like, I'm going to live this life. And then now I've, like, been to other countries. I'm like, I cannot wait to go home. I miss the rain. I miss winter. I miss my cozy, like, small town life. <laughs> I miss it. Yeah, I've done a 180 on my like my thoughts and dreams and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. crazy how traveling does that. 
Because same, that happened to me when I went to Australia. I also thought I'd be living in California or New York. (laughs) Now I'm moving to Australia. (laughs) Yeah, see, I feel like the issue is for us, it's the fact that traveling is temporary. Mm -hmm. So like you remember what you want to go back to or where you're going back and like Mm -hmm. the comfort in like knowing where everything is and how Mm -hmm. to work the grocery store. Because like going abroad and trying to figure out where items are in the grocery store or what type of convenience store, where is your nearest like pharmacy. Mm -hmm. It's just so difficult. When you're traveling, because you're like you remember how easy it is back at home. Yeah. But I feel like when we move to Australia and it's more permanent, and we're like staying here, we're not gonna have the oh my god, I miss the convenience Mm -hmm. of knowing where everything is because it's kind of like we're forced. Yeah. To Um, adapt. Yeah. Exactly. I remember being at the Target in Australia, and it was not the Target like we're used to. No. I was like, where is everything? It's like I can't find anything. It's like you were popped into a different timeline universe yeah. where everything is so vaguely familiar like a deja mm. vu you're like okay this looks the same but it's but so everything different is placed in a different yeah. area yeah but you'll be back soon enough i will i hope you've enjoyed your time at least in savannah so far i have but we'll get into that a little bit we will later. Yeah. yeah i mean there's this whole thing that that i that you said you had something to clear up with anna's whales oh no yeah situation yes who were these people who were these brits that were saying they weren't brits but they were from wales wait no way so i was right this entire you were time right <laughs> wales is in britain <laughs> they're a brit <laughs> it is a country it is its own country but it's in the united kingdom and like anybody in the uk is britain. technically british yes I hope that I'm getting that right because that's yes. going to be so bad if I don't know that. Yes, I'm so, I'm doubting myself. Of course, they're a Brit. Yeah. They're from Great Britain. Oh my God. They lied they to you. Gaslit they gaslit me. Gaslit you. you let them gaslit you. Yeah, they did. But yeah, that's weird. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what? They're wrong. You've always been right. Trust your gut. You're killing it. Thank you, Selena. Good. Needed that. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because all of our listeners didn't go to our Instagram at Guess Where Podcast to tell us that yeah. we were right this whole time. Insane. Mm. Mm. Fake. Fake fans. No, we love you guys. I don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Even me no, being the gaslight one, you're like hurt for me. I am. God. Somebody could have said something sooner. <laughs> I spent weeks, <laughs> months at this point. Months, yeah. God. Okay. Anyways, I think we can move on. Okay. Yeah. Into the good, the juicy stuff. Oh, there's lots of that. Yeah. So I think we should start with how we met, because you're mm-hmm. my connection yes. from Australia mainly, even though you guys met a few times. Yeah. In Australia, because mm-hmm. you visited me, and, and then at the end well, of the we trip, only yeah. met. We only met for like a couple hours on one day. Oh yeah. no, we met in Sydney as well. Twice. Okay. Yeah. Twice. Bookend. Yes. Honestly, yeah. Okay, um, so yeah. roomy. 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 Roommates. Number yes. thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, dwells. Yes, dwells. Um, so we were just like two strangers, like put together, and I never lived with anyone before. I'm like a lone wolf. I love my privacy in my own space, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh my god, like this could be a disaster. This could actually like ruin my time if I don't get along with this person. If they're not my kind of person, and yeah, but it all worked out really good. It worked out perfect. Yeah, you couldn't have asked for a better roommate. I know, like but it was college freshman year style where they just yes. put people into a room. Yes, I felt like I was three four years younger and I was like going to university again like it's like (laughs) but we don't have roommates in 
the UK. So it was a whole new experience for me. No, you you have your own room. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it was a risk, but it worked out. I remember like our first conversation, our first proper conversation, we went out for like Mexican food. Yeah. And we were just like getting to know each other, like small talk, all the sort of questions that you ask one another. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying how like I'm not really much of a partier, like I don't really go out, it's not my thing. Like I'm totally cool with the, you going out and like doing whatever, but like it's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. That was like the first thing I said to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then like two days later we're out <laughs> we went out like every single night yeah. <laughs> for like two months that's all we did that's all we did was our life go was out, sleep pool go out repeat yeah work i don't know how i i don't know how i got to work every day neither we were talking yesterday and we were like when did we eat i don't i don't remember eating i don't know when we ate like, because we never cooked inside of our dorm room. I no. went to a grocery store once, and I bought peanut butter and jelly supplies. And, like, yeah. that's it. So I'm like, when, I have absolutely no idea when we ate. No, neither. I mean, we, we would have, like, our um, routine McDonald's at, like, 3 a.m. Yes. I but that might... was not a meal. That was, like, your after-the-night-out meal. But I think that was, like, my, I would eat lunch at work. Every day I'd eat a sandwich. <laughs> And then I have no idea when I also ate. <laughs> when I forgot to say, and this is so funny, my first week, I hadn't met Louise at this point. When This was like my first day, maybe my second day, and I'd just gone to the flat, so I hadn't seen her yet. Mm -hmm. I had no food because I'd literally just arrived in the country, and I looked in the cupboard, and the cupboards were empty, obviously, we'd just arrived, apart from three things. <laughs> and I was like, I'm living with an American. There was bread, like toast, sliced bread, peanut butter and jam yeah jelly yep. that's it in the entire place like, that was it and I was like this is gonna be fun <laughs> yeah. I do remember that because I remember you posting a story that you ended up reposting of the bread jam and peanut butter and there was something about like being an American I'm like that's so funny and I was yes. so excited I didn't to know like that... meet people that thought that, that was crazy right? or just like Typical American. I'm like, what else is typically American? I didn't you know? know that peanut butter and jellies, they were just an American yeah, thing. Yeah, same. Yeah. That was, yeah. But I also remember hearing you first walk in and being like, because I had like two days alone. Mm. And then you came and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> I need to force myself to talk to this girl. Yeah. But I just don't know how to start the conversation. And I remember I chose right when you got out of the shower. <laughs> So you were like half naked and I was like, hey. I know, I was like, I'm Louise. <laughs> I know, I was, my first week in Australia was so rubbish. Like, yeah. I was not, I did not want to be there because I landed on no sleep. My flight total, like door to door was 36 hours. Like I wasn't flying for that long, but mm. like from literally leaving my house to having a bed, 36 hours. I did not sleep once, not on the flight. I couldn't sleep on the flight. Wow. So I hadn't slept in 36 hours and it got to the point where like my body started shaking and I started feeling really unwell. It was not fun. And then I'm like having a shower. I arrive at my flat. I have to go buy bedding. I have to go buy like shower stuff. I have to buy all these things. I get in the shower and then I meet Louise and I'm like, <laughs> just got out the shower like i haven't slept in two days i swear i'm looking so dreadful and i'm just like i'm gonna meet this girl right now this is not this is not the time i just remember my first impression of you was like oh yeah because <laughs> you and me were like yeah i haven't slept at all like just straight like so negative and i was like 
okay, like, yeah, I totally get some sleep. Like, maybe we can go out and get food together after this. We can go to Gomez and Guillermo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place. Which is where we went a few times. Yes. It took me there. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, it was just, like, so close. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, and then we had our dinner conversation. We did. But I don't know why I, like, thought my confidence was right when you hopped out of the shower. I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> it's now or never. Yeah, well, oh well. It worked out. Yeah, exactly. It worked out. <laughs> it, all, yeah, it all worked out. I always love the story of how we met. But you didn't say where we met. So tell us about, you know, where were you? Why did you go there? So we met in Melbourne, Australia. I moved to Melbourne for six months. It was always only gonna be six months. I moved for like 80% work, 20% traveling around. Like I wasn't just gonna not see the rest of Australia. It all started with the fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) I, it was like a year before I left. It's like 21, yeah, something like that. And I was just in, I felt like I was really stagnant. I was in a stagnant place. I had a good job, I was, making money i was satisfied with everything i was fine i just graduated i'd been really successful in my early stage of my career and i was like life is fine but then i don't know i just had this i didn't want life to be fine i felt like i was just plodding along and turning up to my nine to five getting my money and then on repeat and i was like i'm turning 24 like last year It's been COVID for like the past two, three years. Basically my first few years of being in my 20s have been in lockdown. I haven't traveled in so long. I've had holidays, two times I tried to go to America for like a month that kept getting put back. And I was like, I need to get out of here. I need to go. And I'd always, 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 always wanted to live and work in a different country. It'd like been a dream from day one. So I was like, I'm turning 24 next year and I'm still in the goddamn city that I was born in. This is not what I want for my life. So I was like, fuck it. I honestly think seeking and trying to like retain comfort is one of the worst things you can do for your life, mental health, progression, all of that. Because I was like seeking the opposite. I was seeking like adventure and experience and progression. And it's been six months And I'm coming back to the UK with like a new job. My salary's doubled. New friends I'll have for life. Crazy experiences. I've obviously visited all these places. This enormous amount of benefit and stuff that I've had. And it's been six months. And it's it's like, if you don't make those like fuck it decisions and you don't just do it, don't even think about it. You just go do it. Like I did not think this through. And I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. And then I'll figure it out later. Like, what could possibly go wrong? And then so many things went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So many things went wrong, but also so many things went right. Yes. No, it was the best decision I ever made. And I honestly think those, like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. And I'll figure it out later. They're the best decisions. They're the decisions that make you grow. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. My entire choice to go to Australia was a fuck it. Yeah. I was just getting close to graduating. And I was like, I need to go abroad before I graduate. And it was just kind of like, how can I do it? And I found a way. The intern that way. very suspicious. Yeah. We love and we hate them. Yes. Um, but somehow, like, it really worked out. And because it of that, did. I have so many great relationships. So, like, I grew so much as a person. Yes. You know, you meet so many great people. It's just, like, all the bad times, it's just completely worth it. At the end of the day. Yeah. 
And my other thing was I made the decision to just do six months. It's like, this is temporary. Mm-hmm. I've got to just do it. I've got to have this experience that I've been like itching for for 20 years. And then when I come back, like I've done it and I'll feel better and then... And I won't be chasing for something. So I was like, I want to go as far away as I possibly can. <laughs> Somewhere that I probably would not find myself otherwise. So I was like, I'm going to go to Australia because that's not usually where I would find myself. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose Australia. Do you regret your decision with Australia? Do you ever wonder what your life had could have been like if you'd gone to New York? No, no, I made the right decision. A thousand percent. Yeah. Australia is lovely, especially in the mm-hmm. summer. It yeah. was par- we woke up every day like another, another day, day in paradise. paradise. <laughs> <laughs> we said that every single day. Yeah. It was like waking up in paradise and just mm-hmm. like going to work. Yeah, and it was funny because any time something bad would happen, you'd be like, not another day. <laughs> <laughs> like that would just be. I remember that was a big phrase for Maddie and I when we were in Sydney. We'd be like, mm, not another day. <laughs> The Sydney haters. Yeah, exactly. The Sydney, no, Sydney haters. is nice. It's nice. It, it was just, yeah. we got really lucky because, mm-hmm. as you said, after we came in when there was like an influx of people. Yes. And then you were the only one who stayed after like our group had all left and moved on. And you said that we just got really lucky. Yes. With timing as well. Yeah, we like had some good friends. Planets were aligned for us to like meet great people. Yeah. And do great things. Yes. So the other reason why I didn't want to just like take a year off and go traveling was because I was like one and a half years into my career and it was like a pretty insane one and a half years. Like I basically got like a dream job and I'd been really successful. I was like, I don't want to take a year out of this. Like I'm doing so well. So I was like, I want to go to another country, have that sort of traveling experience whilst also still being in my career. Mm So luckily my company is like a global company and they've got offices everywhere. And they, so I basically just transferred to their Melbourne office, um, which made it so easy for me. Did that add to your opinion on where to go? Like based off of what our offices were or like you kind of knew you were in, you wanted to go to Australia and it's like, oh, there's one in Melbourne, I'll go there. Yeah, it was definitely their Melbourne office. I wasn't going to the office, I was going to the place. Yeah. I was more bothered about that. Because even though like I was still working, I was still treating it like, this is a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's another thing we were talking about last night, how waking up every day didn't feel like, oh, we gotta go to work. Yes. It was just like, hey, here we go. Yeah, it <laughs> was... <laughs> Yes. It's like a little fake life almost yes. for yes. a few months. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I feel like I've hacked the nine to five experience because if you work in a global company or even if you don't, if you just try and do what I did, like work for six months or a year or even two years, if you'd like want to do that much, go transfer with your company or try get another job on a six month visa is so easy to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a year visa is pretty easy in Australia too do that and then you can do all your traveling and your weekends and your holidays and then when you leave you could probably technically be unemployed when you're job hopping that period when you're like unemployed take those times to travel for a month that's like a new thing I'm doing like anytime I leave a company and I go work somewhere else I'll make sure that I've saved enough money to be able to live without a wage and go traveling Mm -hmm. that's I think that's what you're gonna do what's the next place that you want to travel to I'm so travel burnt out the thought of traveling makes me so numb I'm like I want to go home and not leave for a long time (laughs) (laughs) the thought of traveling 
a holiday sounds nice, but can we just like traveling and holidays? They're not the same. Mm-hmm. They're not the same. Can you define? Um. Yeah. So first, like a holiday, you usually just go to one location, or you'll go to a few locations, but you're there for a substantial amount of time. So you can relax. You can sightsee. There's less traveling is in less getting from a to b flights buses whatever it is when you're traveling you're just always on the move and that's so exhausting and you have to be constantly switched on and almost in this like fight or flight especially when you're solo traveling it sounds so stupid but when you're going somewhere new you're on alert all the time you have to figure out how to cross the fucking road I had to text Louise, I was like, how do you guys cross the road in, in America? I don't understand this system. Like, finding out where to get your food, where's this, where's that, how do I interact with people? Tipping. When I came to America, that was like a shock. My first, like my Uber driver, he wasn't an Uber, he was just like a taxi. Um, we spent like 10 minutes going back and forth because I didn't understand that he was asking me for a tip and I was so confused. So just there's all these like cultural barriers and being responsible for all of your bags and all of your documents and all of your everything and so much to think about all the time. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exhausting. All the things that you don't think about. You don't go to a country and be like, oh, I need to figure out how to cross the road. Like, you just yeah. don't think about that yeah. stuff. But then you're at a road and you're like, there's no button, there's no light. Cars, can I go? Am I going to get hit? Like, there's just... <laughs> I'm so mad with the American crosswalk system. And the I'm, aggressive walk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get to America. Yeah. Okay, we'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. We'll go in chronological order. Yeah, exactly. Let's stay in Australia for now. Yes, the, the rude crosswalk man. Yeah. You know, when you press the button and it goes, wait. And I was yeah. like... I am waiting. It was like so aggressive <laughs> and I was like, why is the like the machines rude? If there was like a button in England, I don't think they speak to you, but if they were to speak to you, it'd be like, please wait here. Mm-hmm. But this guy was like, wait. <laughs> okay. On the borderline of tears after being rejected entry into the country and being argued with a taxi driver and not knowing how to cross the road. <laughs> I'm exhausted. It's okay. We're having a relaxing time. We are. Savannah. Yes. Yes. We'll get there. Let's turn it back to Australia because we went a little bit on a tangent. We did. We always do. Yeah. And you were all over the place. I know. I, you'll have to rein me in because I will go on tangents. Yes. Yeah. So just okay. like pull me back. Let's get into Melbourne and tell me what were some of your favorite things to do, favorite spots. For anybody who might be looking to travel there in the future and then we'll move on to your solo backpacking up the east coast okay so melbourne's not my favorite place i've been to australia but it's up there like it is an amazing place i say melbourne is where you want to live Mm -hmm. because the culture there is just it's unmatched that i've and anywhere else i've been to I'm not gonna say globally, but I'll definitely say in Australia and most places I've been to. So yeah, you've got all the like bars, the nightlife. I'm not like a nightlife girl. Like I'm not a party, and I don't like going out. We were out almost like every single night, every single weekend. They were such good nights. The the vibe, the energy, the people. Everybody's nice. The food. The food. Oh my goodness, the Melbourne food scene is unlike anywhere I've ever been to 
in the world, and I've been to a lot of places, mm-hmm. they have the most insane food culture. And it's so multicultural. Every type of cuisine you could possibly imagine, there's loads of places for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one day you eat Malaysian food, the next day you're like having Lebanese food, the next day you're having like authentic Italian food, and there's like a nonna in a kitchen. Everything is so authentic and great. Do you ever go to that Greek place with Maddie and I? Yes. Because that was one of my favorite spots. Yes. Oh my God, and it was so authentic. Yes. Because there's like some older gentleman in the back, you know, slicing off the piece of lamb from yes. the rack. And it was, mm-hmm. the interior design was all very Greek. And oh yeah, it was and, so European. Yeah. yeah. Melbourne always felt very homely to me because it felt very European. Mm-hmm. It felt like a Southern Hemisphere European London slash New York, but obviously near Asia, so very Asian, lots of Asian influence. It was weird, but it was so great. Like my highlights of Melbourne were enjoying the culture. So like the bars, the food, the things, activities you can do. They always have like festivals, a comedy festival, and they just put on so much like cultural stuff. So from a perspective of like, that's where you want to live because there's just so much to do. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's a holiday destination. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. beaches or like constant sunshine. Yeah, yeah, like I not clean necessarily the... where there <laughs> is a beach. Yeah, you don't want to go in the sea at Melbourne. Yeah. Um, that's just a brown, yeah. yeah. The river's brown. Yeah. So <laughs> this is why I feel like if you're a traveler, you've never been to Australia, and you go to Sydney first, and then you go to Melbourne, Melbourne's like the biggest disappointment, because you're like, where's the beaches and the blue sea and the sun? But if you go to Melbourne first, and you get a taste of the culture, and then you go to Sydney, you're like, where's the goddamn culture? Mm-hmm. Where are these like cool places? Like, I'm bored of the beach, and the opera house was cool, but I've seen it now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they're so different, you can't compare them. Yeah. You just can't. They're, yeah. they're completely different. Yeah, they are. Worlds. It's like a culture shock. Yeah. yeah. When you so, get used to Melbourne life. Melbourne is the culture, like, capital. Like, that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. But if you're a beach girl and you love the sunshine and surfing, and Melbourne is probably your worst nightmare. And everyone being golden and tan yes. and beautiful and Sydney. I just remember walking around and being like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm so pale. Like, oh, God, all these people are beach babes. And, and I look like I just walked off the airplane yeah. from a cold climate. Oh. Yeah, we've just been in Melbourne for six months. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, yeah, the Bondi Beach Men. Mm-hmm. Rescuers, whatever you call them. It was like being on a constant um, episode of Baywatch. Yeah. You said Melbourne wasn't your favorite, but like, yes. what city then was your favorite? Byron Bay. That's what everyone says. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. What is it, in your opinion, what's about Byron Bay that you love? It's a vibe. It's an energy. Which <laughs> is like the most Byron Bay thing you can mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. But it really is. Like, everybody's just happy and calm and it's easygoing and nobody's in a rush and everybody's just waking up going to the beach and having their acai bowls and brunches and then like smoking weed and going to sleep (laughs) it's just so chill it seems like it's one of those places where you go to holiday or vacation at Mm -hmm. and then you never leave Yes. yes honestly i loved it it was like the ultimate holiday i just loved waking up every day and being like what should i do today where should i go should i go to the beach like should i go on like a hike and like what should i do i just miss that like excitement and freedom of waking up every day in this like beautiful paradise place like that's such a luxury mm-hmm. such a freeing 
feeling. Right. That's something that you talked about also post-graduation, mm -hmm. sleeping without guilt. Yeah. So it feels like it's one of those places where it's just, you're always guilty free, just yeah. living life to whatever you feel like doing in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that might also be nice about solo traveling is being reliant on yourself and nobody else because mm -hmm. I've only yes. been on trips with other people where I, you yes. know, I got to think about the group mm -hmm. but what is it like so would you say different. just relying on yourself and not having to live by somebody else's schedule the pressure is off yeah like you can you can sleep in all day if you want to sleep in all day yeah you can go on a 10-hour hike if you want to go on a 10-hour hike you know it's yeah. so nice wow yeah was there any moment where you feel like you might have had like some self-doubt like you're doing something wrong like maybe you see the group everyone's like deciding to go out for a night and you're like oh i'm gonna do this midnight hike or something like that was there ever a decision where it felt like you were going against the grain of what typical backpackers would do or was it always just like this guilt-free experience guilt-free for sure but then i don't really think i'm a guilty person I like just doing what I want. I think that's why solo traveling was like a no-brainer. And like, I didn't even see it as solo traveling. Like, I'm gonna do this thing on my own. It was like, I'm just gonna do this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I do a lot of things, most things by myself. And that's just how I prefer to be. Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't have the stereotypical traveling experience you'd think of, but I chose that. Like, I wouldn't say I'm somebody who would like seek out the hostile lifestyle and like the digital nomad lifestyle and making friends instantly for a day and then like going out partying <laughs> though that's like so contradicting what I've literally been saying yeah but it's not what I'm usually like so yeah I didn't seek out that I was in hostels obviously but like I wasn't I didn't party once on the east coast because we'd been going out almost non-stop for a month straight and then Christmas break every single day back to back we'd wake up like middle of the day get ready go out wake up get ready go out so when it came to january when i actually decided to do the east coast and my like christmas holiday because fyi um you get so many weeks holiday in australia i had three weeks of holiday yeah oh my god i could not Dream imagine yeah. i know that so you're I, encouraged to yeah. take as well yes yeah. well yeah it's like the office is shut down like yeah. it's not open you cannot work so yeah oh. i know it's nice <laughs> it's, their christmas is their summer so yeah. it's like their That's summer true. holiday too so yeah i went up the east coast i was like exhausted from partying i was like this is gonna be my holiday and i really treated it like a holiday i was relaxing i was going to bed so early i was waking <laughs> up at 5 a.m 6 a.m to go on like tours to fraser island and with sundays yeah it was my you ideal busy. i was so busy yeah. yeah i traveled the east coast in like 13 days yeah up and then a little bit down mm -hmm. um so it was quite quick i was never in one place for more than three nights that's the longest so yeah, yeah it was a lot of traveling well yeah your trips are very they're different i mean you guys went like a similar route mm -hmm. but you were more of a i guess an extrovert to your more of an introvert you know <laughs> solo so i'd love to hear you guys kind of like compare i guess yeah. going yeah. to like maybe like pick a place where you both were and just seeing um, what the difference is. Like, where's Gilligan's? Yes, I was going to pick Cairns. Because yeah. I had the most un-Cairns experience. Yeah. But this is the thing. 
like I said, I'd had my month of being super extroverted and mm -hmm. making new friends and going out. Like I'd done that. Mm -hmm. So then when I was traveling and basically on my holiday, that I was in Gilligan's, I did not go out. Oh yeah, you did stay at Gilligan's. I didn't stay at Gilligan's too. <gasps> I remember talking about it with you and I'm like, you're staying at Gilligan's? And Louise was like, yeah, you don't really like going out. I'm like, I don't know if you'll like Gilligan's. <laughs> yeah. Just for some context, Gilligan's is like the party mm -hmm. hostel. It's massive. It's like a whole block. Yeah. An entire block. And if you're in a in a bad room, you're hearing that thudding at the bass of the <laughs> the music all night. You're not sleeping. Yeah. Your beds will shake. It's like party central. It's my idea of hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally. But luckily, my room was quiet. There were people in it, but I. Like, I think they were out all night, so I never saw them. And I just had, like, an entire hostel room to myself. And I was in bed by, like, 10 o'clock. And I went to sleep, wow. and it was amazing. <laughs> and then I was supposed to be up at 6 a.m. the next morning for the waterfall tour. Mm. I woke up at 6 a.m., and I was like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> I just need a day to... I've been, like, traveling is so exhausting. It's mm. constantly early starts. I was like, I just need to do nothing. So I just wandered the streets of Cairns by myself. Yeah. It was just like, I had no plan. I just woke up and I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do today. I'm just going to chill. And I went and got tattoos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, fuck it. When in doubt, just get a tattoo. I and that's know. the beauty of solo traveling. It's like, you can do that. Yeah. Because it's not like you had to feel bad about canceling the tour because somebody else. Yeah. There was nobody else. It was yeah. just you. If you wanted to switch it up, you could. So then. That's so nice. What was your cans? My cans? Well, I was also pretty burnt out by that time because I was traveling for 20 days mm -hmm. when I made it to Cannes. And I was with Amelia and we went out both nights and it was so much fun. But we didn't go, we didn't party at Gilligan's, but we went to a pub. It was very interesting. I knew I needed to be up early the next day for my tattoo. I also got a tattoo yeah. at Cannes. <laughs> okay, you yeah. get your tattoos at Cannes. But it was really fun. I love Cannes. But I didn't get to do everything I wanted to do because just the lack of planning and time mm -hmm. that I had there. I didn't get to explore the rainforest like mm -hmm. I wanted to, but... Okay, it was really back. fun. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Yes. I feel like this is a really good tip, actually. You have to find the balance between planning and not planning. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you plan too much, you get burnt out. And I got yeah. burnt out. It's like, I can't do another 6 a.m. start. I need the day off. So you need to incorporate days of doing nothing mm -hmm. within your traveling. Because otherwise, it will become an unpleasant experience of yeah. being like, I'm tired. I don't want to be here. And you're like in paradise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You need your days off even when you're traveling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I did with my planning, and I'm air quoting here, was I had a rough idea. I listed like five things I could do in a city. And if it required ahead of the time, like booking, I would book it. Mm -hmm. But I left it pretty open for the day of to decide what I wanted to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I really liked how I did that. But it also bit me in the ass a few times because I didn't realize to go on a Fraser Island tour, you had to book it mm -hmm. a little bit in advance or you needed longer. I didn't realize it was like a whole day excursion. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my bus would get in at 11, but the tour would start at eight. So some of those things like specifics, I didn't really look into, mm -hmm. which would have required more planning, but I loved having no plans at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Which is really nice. So it's just finding a balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So because you talked about how important balance is and planning versus not planning, as someone who, you know, didn't do the excursion things or anything, it's 
overwhelming to try to figure out how to plan all these things? Mm -hmm. Is there like a website or something that you can go off and see all the important things or was it more of a word of mouth? Yeah, um, for sure. It's a bit of both, mm -hmm. more word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So I almost booked, I knew I was gonna be in Melbourne. I knew that I was gonna have a substantial amount of time over Christmas. I was like, I'm gonna use that period of time to do the East Coast. And so I was back in the UK Googling like tours and like what to do and excursions and things. And I found like one tour and you were with the same group and they take you up the East Coast and like mm. they take to all the places. And that was the first time I read about the places that you go up to. Mm -hmm. I was never heard of any of these places. I was like, what's Ellie Beach? What's Noosa? So that it was that one website I could see all these things. Oh, you could sleep on a beach in Fraser Island. and oh, you can go kayaking in Noosa. And I was like, this is so cool. It sold out and I was like so bummed. I was like, damn, I'm so glad I did not book that. Because <laughs> once you get to Australia, especially if you're coming in and you're on the East Coast, this is like the capital country of travelers. There is travel agents everywhere yeah. and there's excursions, tours, endless things that you can do with different companies everywhere. And I was comparing my one travel agent in the UK to like 50 options in Australia. Mm -hmm. So my number one tip is do not book anything until you get to Australia. Mm -hmm. You can book like hostels and you can plan, do a bit of research, plan where you want to go, book some stuff like hostels, but I wouldn't book like tours and excursions because it's going to be better in Australia. They'll have more options, but you've got to find this balance of not leaving it to last minute. Like mm -hmm. if you're wanting to go to Fraser Island, don't book it the day before or even the week before like try and book it like two weeks before mm -hmm. but yeah i would just turn up maybe book your first few days maybe a week and then once you're there ground yourself speak to people see what they think i would never have gone to byron bay if it hadn't been people on my whitsunday's tour saying it's the best place you've got to go i was like oh okay maybe i should go and it was my favorite place mm -hmm. and i was never gonna go yeah. so you'll find Speaking to people, connecting with people, hearing stories, once you're in the country, where you should go and what you should do. And that's always how it's been for everyone. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I agree 100%. Especially because also most of the hostels, the front desk agents are also travel agents or know how to help with travel. They have pamphlets, ideas to do. You can book through them too. When I was in Airly, I booked a sunset cruise the day of. Yeah. It was so nice. It was so fun. Loved what? it. So then what would you say is your like must to do's? Just like okay. if you can do like a list of five yeah. things that people just should absolutely mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. and incorporate in their plan or their trip. You gotta go to Sydney. Mm -hmm. Most people would fly into Sydney because it's yeah. like, you know, big airport and everything. You gotta go to Whitsunday's Airly mm -hmm. Beach and you gotta do a Whitsunday's tour, which is like the beautiful paradise, white sand beaches the blue seas, you're on a boat for one, two or three days, depending on your whatever. And you're literally like, you're genuinely in paradise. You're on a mm. boat with a load of people, a load of alcohol, food, catering, and you're just like, you're in paradise. Mm -hmm. There is no other way to say it. I did a, a seaplane and I only did it because I met somebody in Sydney who said, go to Whitsundays and do the seaplane. I was like, <laughs> what's a seaplane? It's a plane that like lands in the sea. And it was insane. But I was in the co-pilot seat 
in this like tiny little plane with like five people in. And they take you up and they, you go over all the, all the wits in those islands and then you go up the Great Barrier Reef. And so you have this like bird's eye view of the Great Barrier Reef, which is such a rare thing to be mm. able to witness in person. Yeah. 360 glass view. And I was like, this is insane. What, how am I here right now? I'm literally in the sky above the Great Barrier Reef, like next to a pilot who's like flying me over. <laughs> it was crazy. And so it's moments like that I would never have done had I not met somebody who told me to do mm-hmm. it. That's why you need to have days where you're not doing anything because you'll find things to do that you'll be thankful for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some other places? So we have Whitsundays, Seaplane, Byron Bay. Byron Bay, yeah. Sydney. Sydney. Cairns. Cairns, yeah. Cairns. Go all the way up north. Gilligan's if you want to party. Yeah. Yes. And then you could also go into the rainforest. Yeah. yeah. Up in Cairns. Yes. Yeah. Waterfalls. Um, where else? I went to Noosa. Mm-hmm. Um, Noosa was nice. It was. It felt more of like a family holiday destination, mm-hmm. like beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's like not much going on there unless you're like a family. Yeah, that's how I felt with Rainbow Beach too. Mm, magnetic Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's literally the entire like east coast of Australia, and it's so easy to travel because so it's easy. one line. <laughs> yep. You just get on a bus. You get off the bus. You get back on the bus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just a bus that takes mm-hmm. you up and down. And if you want to get a flight, you can get flights as yeah. well. It's the easiest thing. Yeah, it's. The but best first step into traveling, if you're yeah. somebody who's wanting to do traveling, mm-hmm. so easy to get around. Get a Greyhound pass, 1000% get one yeah. and get the 30 day one. Yeah. You save so much money. And then does that mean you just get to hop on and hop off whenever? Yes, yes. but you have to pre-book your seats or reserve your seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. I wanted to ask you, <laughs> Just to, just kind of for fun. Um, some We might as well just bring up some of the things that we've talked about in the past. The goon. The mm. goo. <laughs> the toxic wine that gets you west. Yeah, yeah. It's like wine, but it's not wine. It's wine mm-hmm. mixed with some yes. other substance. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I've never had wine out of box before. Mm-hmm. And when we got to Australia, everyone was like, oh, the goon, the goon, the goon. I was like, whatever, like, this is wine in the box, cheap wine, fine, whatever. I, on our first night, I think the goon is the secret to our insane nights. We'd have <laughs> one glass, maybe two, and it would send us yeah. into this, like, in this drunk state, but like the best drunk state, like mm-hmm. happy drunk, crazy but it was almost like we were on a drug or something it wasn't alcohol drunk like we were doing things saying things behaving in ways that alcohol just doesn't do to you i always said there's something else in this this is not wine i've drank wine this is not wine and then we find out that like the way it's processed it's not fish it's not clean it's like fish scales yeah i don't want to know but but it's not the behavior that you said is so funny because it really was like the behavior that happened from Lagoon. I am not a partier. I don't really drink alcohol often. I hate late nights. I hate clubs. The goon had me in a club <laughs> every single night. Yeah. Having the best time of my life. Going back to, it was never like, it ended and I was like, I'm never doing mm-hmm. that again. No, it was it like, was I just can't so wait to do it again. Every yeah. night. I wonder if it's also company because our friend, mm. mutual friend Max, was this Labrador Golden Doodle Retriever golden energy. energy. And so when he was saying, let's chug everyone, and you're like, you're chugging the good, you can't yes. say no to him. Yes. He was the best person to go to pre's with, because yeah. he'd be like, let's, and he's from Belgium, so he had the mm. European accent, he's like, let's chug, guys. Yeah. And on, he, guys. like, I think it was our first night out. I'm in a room of strangers. It's people from Mexico, Belgium, America, England, like a bunch of strangers, but we're mm. all just here for a good time. We're all just like drinking, 
bottles. <laughs> I grab bottle of tequila, yeah. swig like the, literally down the leftover, the bottom bit of the tequila, which is probably like five shots. Yeah. And we were just living yeah. life. Well, I remember I spit lime juice all over you, and you don't that. remember that. And it's because we were so drunk, we were like moving the counters somehow. Don't know how they moved. But point is, Maddie went and grabbed like the lime in a bottle and I like took a shot and he was like gonna chase with the lime. But then he just like to joke because we were all junk, he like squeezed and put so much in my mouth it like went up my sinuses <laughs> into my nose. So I immediately you out. turned to the side and just spit it. And then you just happened to be like sitting against the fridge like because you had just taken all of your tequila shot so yeah, I spit all over you and you didn't it didn't phase you I didn't at I all and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't know you were there I was, like, I was like Maddie I'm good you did that to me. it just was like it had you on cloud nine all the time <laughs> yeah another one another thing that I wanted to ask about was Fitzroy <laughs> the, gar um, the garage boys the garage boys <laughs> did you ever run into that I did in any of your Fitzroy excursions no I did not I never <laughs> saw them yeah, oh, well, neither did we. We just know. think about just them all the time. <laughs> or maybe it's just me. Yes. <laughs> but that's like one of the things we like to repeat. Like the Fitzroy boys. Yeah. yeah. We're coming um, back. No, I had some of my wildest nights and memories and times in Australia. It's just mm. unmatched. I could never had a night or been in a club, been in a vibe, had music like that in England ever. Yeah. Like Christmas was crazy. Mm -hmm. We were just on this like five night bender and um, sleeping in like the tallest skyscraper in the Southern Hemisphere or something mm -hmm. in this like panoramic views of like Melbourne. Yeah, it was a 180 window. 180 wow. window and we were just like, like on the top. Drinking Patron, like who yeah. are we? We're like broke students, <laughs> and we're in this like sky rise building with like infinity pools and yes. spas yeah. and like millionaires above us in like the penthouses. Clouds, the clouds, the clouds. <laughs> no, but we were in our own cloud suite. We were, and we sleeping were just on the like floor, though. we were sleeping on the floor, but. What, look at the flat we were in. It was insane. Yeah, and we were like, we'd wake up on Christmas Day. Obviously, we're all in a foreign country. We're not with our family. It's mm -hmm. it's a first for everyone. But we were like in, in an infinity pool overlooking the entire of Melbourne. And the, obviously, it's Christmas. The place was empty. We had this like massive apartment building to ourselves. Yeah. We just like roamed around. We, yeah. They had like a golf room inside and like a cinema room. And, it was yeah, great. It was crazy. And then my second crazy time was Sydney and I feel like we need to talk about Sydney and um, because I know we've got Sydney haters on the podcast no I don't hate hate Sydney it's just it was such a shock coming yes. from how much fun we had yeah. yes and this is the thing I've learned Sydney was fine but it was a bit of a shock like after I'd seen the opera house and I'd seen the beaches I was like okay what now like what else is there like there's just mm -hmm. it didn't feel as like fun <laughs> But my, and I went to Sydney for New Year's Eve because like I'm in Australia, like it's iconic. I want to see the fireworks. I did not realize that if you wanted to see the famous Sydney fireworks, you had to pay 300 pounds just to stand and watch fireworks. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to go do that. I am not paying money. I'm not queuing. This does not look enjoyable for like 10 minutes of fireworks because I've heard stories that people are really angry because they want to get up to the front and it's not a nice environment. I obviously traveled alone. I was in Sydney for New Year's Eve on my own. So I was like, I need to find some friends. I need New Year's Eve plans. Um, so my first night in Sydney, I was in a hostel, obviously. And I was like, right, okay, 
be the extrovert. I luckily managed to make somehow a little group of like a couple girls, a couple guys. And this one guy was like, he was so mysterious. He was like, I've got like New Year's Eve plan. Like you guys can come with me. Like he was like, I will take you to see the fireworks. And I was like, right, like how? Do you have tickets? Like how are you gonna do this? Like, just, I'll take you. There was like a group of seven of us. We just like all followed this guy who's like been to Sydney before. He knows the places. He takes us to this like really fancy, very posh part of Sydney as well. Obviously all the rich people live like mansions and private beaches. And we're like, ooh, this is, we're going to some like fancy house or something. And he takes us down this alleyway into these like dark beaches. And we're walking on these, it's not even a beach yet. It's just rocks um, at night with like torches like 20 minutes trying to get to this like beach and he's like oh a few more minutes a few more minutes these are private beaches so we're not supposed to be there because these are like mansions private property mm -hmm. we have to be really secretive and we have to like turn our torches if we see anyone or hear anyone and we're going past and we can see because there's like a cliff all these houses are all having like crazy parties and we can like hear all these parties oh these rich God. people partying and then we finally get to this beach and it's like everything you can imagine. It's a private, beautiful beach with the entire view of the Bay Area and the bridge and the opera house and all of the boats, because obviously everyone who's got a boat mm. is out on the water ready to watch the fireworks. And all the lights were like glistening and we were on this beach. And then we just like watched the Sydney fireworks from a private beach. There's not a single person around. We have perfect like view. I had this like moment of realization, like how the fuck did I end up here? Like I come mm -hmm. to Sydney less than 24 hours with no plans, not knowing anyone, no tickets to see like the most iconic fireworks ever. And I'm somehow watching them for free <laughs> alone with not a mm -hmm. single person with the most incredible view. Like there's people who spent 500 pounds to stand in a crowded restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not even to sit, to stand in a crowded restaurant from like a tiny angle and I'm here like, kudos to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the things Thank that can happen in the hospital. Yeah. That was a crazy like moment. Wow, I am, where am I and yeah. how did I get yeah. here? That sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Cool memory. Yeah. You saw the fireworks too. Where yeah. did you see them from? I also somehow managed to get free last minute tickets oh. on a beach. I was technically on the other side, the wrong side mm -hmm. of the bridge because they had a light show on yes. one side of the bridge, not the other, which oh, is kind okay. of weird. Yeah. But it was still gorgeous. Still saw fireworks 360 wow. in every direction. It was wow. insane how many fireworks were going off. That's yeah. cool. But what's your least favorite place in Australia? Mm -hmm. okay. But like the Cairns, place only because I was there for two days. I didn't really see much, do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get the full experience. That's why. Then after that, maybe Sydney. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Sydney was fine. Sydney was fine. It was beautiful and boring. Yeah, yeah. the nightlife is just not. It's it's, it's yeah. also it's big, so yeah. it's just harder. Yeah. And the public transportation isn't as set as <laughs> in Melbourne, <laughs> so it was just way more difficult to get from like bar to bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that I think we can conclude Australia and move yeah. on to America, America, where <laughs> things are interesting and spicy. So like you said earlier, well, obviously, also now you're with us in person. You're in America. I'm in America. You're traveling. I made it. All around. <laughs> I made it here. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make it out. <laughs> you might not. <laughs> We're keeping you. Yeah, exactly. You get caught here. Yes. I almost didn't get in. I was rejected entry the first time. What? I know. My mistake. 
So I didn't realize you had to have a booked exit flight to leave the country. I didn't know that because I didn't need that for Australia. And obviously I was traveling and I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, Mm -hmm. where I'm going to be. I was just planning to like leave whenever I run out of money. Um, So when I turned up to the airport, they were like, yeah, you can't get on this plane. You have to book a ticket. And I was like, oh my God, I've got four minutes to like book a flight. So I ended up having to miss my flight. Luckily, they put me on the next one the next day and like it didn't cost me anything, thank okay. God, but it was like a stressful experience. I get to America, I get to Hawaii, so mm-hmm. I was obviously in Melbourne and the next stop, the next bit of land is Hawaii mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do the full flight to San Francisco, so I was like, I'll do a weekend, um, a week in Hawaii. I get to Hawaii and I'm like terrified of, because I've heard stories of border mm-hmm. control mm-hmm. and I'm like, There's, I have nothing to hide, There's, like, I've not done anything wrong. They've already been rejected entry. Like, what if they send me home? I'm terrified. (laughs) Yeah. And I get in to the, like, border control place. There's a ginormous American flag, like, hanging down. And there's the um, national anthem playing. And I was like... (laughs) I have arrived. What? Welcome to America. I know. Border control was fine, was in and out so quick. Um, And then I'm like out and loose in Hawaii, like trying to figure myself, trying to get to my hostel at like 6 a.m. Again, I had an overnight flight, didn't sleep. And then I get into the taxi, taxi's fine. And then he drops me off at the hostel and he's like, okay, that's $60. And I'm like, cool, Um, like pay the card. And he was like, "Um, so what do you want to pay? I was like, $60? $60? He was like, no, but what do you want to pay? Is it not $60? And then he was like, do you not want to tip? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to tip you. I like didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Well, I know that you were supposed to tip. I thought it was just like restaurants. So then I was like, oh my God. So like, how much do you tip like a taxi man? So I was like, oh, add another $10 thinking like that's normal. And he was like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. That's so generous. I was like thinking, shit, am I just like massively <laughs> overtip this guy? <laughs> Um, so that was my first, yeah, insight of like tipping culture. It stresses me out, like, because mm-hmm. honestly, I've been told I genuinely have friends who've been like chased out of restaurants because they like didn't tip enough. So I've been like living in fear of not tipping enough. So I've been massively over tipping. Oh gosh, because oh. I'm just scared. Poor bank account, yeah. because you also gotta include tax. When you think about like the set price on the menu is not the price in real life. Yes. Mm -hmm. I came to America thinking my traveling experience would be like the east coast of Australia. Like really easy, simple, laid back, hostile culture the same. (laughs) Nah, I was so naive. (laughs) I love my naivety sometimes. My naivety gets me there because I'm like, Mm -hmm. fuck it, I'll just figure it out. And then once I get there, I'm like, shit, I like... I need to problem solve every single minute of the day Mm because I need to sort out all the things I didn't plan or like consider. Yeah, my first 24 hours in Honolulu, Hawaii were wild. That's my one word to describe America. Wild. (laughs) Feral. Like everyone's just wild. Like wild animals. Yeah. Okay, so after my first two weeks of being in America, I was almost witnessed gun violence Mm -hmm. in front of me. But I didn't. <laughs> and that's what matters. That's what matters. But I guess that does check out. Welcome it to is. America. Mm. Welcome to America. Doesn't seem to be like social rules. Like there doesn't seem to be like social. I don't even know how to no, describe it. There definitely it. are social rules. It's just like it depends on how much you're willing to care about the social rules. Okay. And I feel like there's a wide range of people who just like don't care about what society is telling them. Like there's a yeah. lot of that like freedom spirit like Mm -hmm. like do whatever the hell you want type of energy so then you have like the opposite end where people will follow society strictly and you know Mm -hmm. you have like the people who kind of generally look 
like some way or dress the same way yeah. but then there is a lot of people who go so far away from that yeah. and I feel like that's what's nice about art school is yes. that we exist in between the two planes yeah. of people who are really just like I'm gonna do my mm -hmm. own thing it's my life and people who are like mm, I'm yeah post. I forget that I'm in this little art school bubble. Yeah, because here you can wear whatever you want. Yeah, and I just don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I wear all black all the time, but I forget that, like, that's weird. People are like... <laughs> You're art school basic, but yeah. so am I. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like art school basic is... Still I, weird for other people. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because yeah, I know you still have like the fun hair, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. though that's relatively tame to some other people. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. But anyways, continue. Sorry, tangent. Yeah. <laughs> My first um, 24 hours were crazy. So I just landed. I was on no sleep. I'd been doing like yoga on the beach. I was so overstimulated and overwhelmed with all this chaos that was going around and like newness, figuring out how to cross the goddamn road again, <laughs> after figuring it out in Australia. It's like a whole different thing here. Mm -hmm. Well, the cars are on the other side of the road. That to too. Yeah. And so I was doing yoga on the beach. And then some people come up to us and they're like, oh, hey, we've got like a stall and we're selling free whatever samples or something. Like, do you want to come check us out? And we're like, oh, yeah, that's fun because we're in this park. There's loads of things going on, stalled and people hanging out. So I like go over, we like talk to these people and then, then another group of people come over and it's like a group of guys and like girls. And then this one guy is like chatting to me, being really nice, really friendly. This is the one thing Americans are so friendly and like mm. openly friendly. Like they'll come up to you and they'll like give you a compliment and like you don't get any, that in the UK. So they're really outwardly friendly. Mm. And this guy was like, oh, do you want to drink? And I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> sure. I'm in like fucking Hawaii and I'm... I'm on my own and I don't know anyone to show. So I just have like this can with this like group of people that I've never met. Mm -hmm. The way if a guy came up to me and was like, do you want to have a drink with me? I would say no so quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Traveling or not, I'd, especially in America, I'd be like, okay, well, what's in the drink, yeah. right? But well, it was like a closed can. It, okay. it hadn't been opened. Yeah, if, if that had been the UK, I would have been suspicious. Like, mm -hmm. what the mm -hmm. hell? But I'm like, I'm in Hawaii. I'm in the middle of the ocean. I'm so far away from home. Mm -hmm. I'm in my fuck it era. Why not? I'm alone. Let's have fun and meet people. Mm -hmm. And it's that attitude you've got to have when you're traveling. Because otherwise you'll just be like alone the whole time, not making mm -hmm. any memories. Yeah. So I'm just like getting drunk with these like random strangers. They're all like sort of my age, maybe younger, mm -hmm. like really nice people, not like dodgy, scary people. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave. I kind of walk away. And then as I'm walking away to go home, another random guy comes up to me. This guy's older, he's like 30, 40. And he's like, you want to do shots? And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, no way. Sure. It was the weirdest thing. I, I, again, I was just like, why not? Okay. So yeah, then, yeah. again, it, it was like a closed little mm -hmm. um, thingy. It wasn't, hadn't been opened. And I just like took a took this really nice shot with this like random guy and we're just like chatting. I got to the point where I was like, okay, this is, we've chatted, we've done our small talk, I've met a random stranger, I've had a shot with him, it's now my time to go. A free so drink's I, a free drink. Mm -hmm. Exactly, mm -hmm. I walk away and I'm like, I'm drunk, I'm <laughs> fucked. I'm drunk and I'm not, I haven't slept. It's my first day in America, like, I have arrived to the land <laughs> of crazy. Like, I'm here. And then I went and my first food was a McDonald's. Like, I had to seal the deal. Mm -hmm. I yeah. had to do it. Yeah. And it was a good McDonald's. I'm just give it to you. Full circle. Yeah. yeah. I, I ended my first day in America with a McDonald's. Yeah. Wow. I just turn up to Hawaii. I can, like, hop on a plane and just, like, get an Uber here. And I can just, like, figure myself, get myself around the island, see all these beautiful things I want to see. Oh, that's that thing on that island. Cool. I'll go see that one day. 
Hawaii didn't have to be as difficult it was. Every yeah. single day, it was like a battle to get myself from A to B. When I was in the main city, Honolulu, it was fine because I was just in a city and I could get around. But when I flew to Kauai, because I really mm. wanted to see the Napolis, I don't know if I'm saying that right, the Napolis um, coast, which is this like beautiful, dramatic, like Jurassic Park, King Kong and Jurassic Park, like it's beautiful. I was like, I want to do this boat tour to see it at sunset. So that meant getting a plane there, getting accommodation, getting a flight back. So the whole process of just getting there to see the boat tour cost me hundreds just yeah. to see this coastline because hawaii is not cheap no. yes no it's no. not yep. i just thought oh but i'll be in a hostel no you're in an island in the middle of the pacific there's no hostels yeah. there's no hostels in Kauai. Yeah. so i ended up paying 200 pounds for one night which mm -hmm. was the cheapest option the flight there and back so it cost me a lot to see this um coastline so i was there for less than 24 hours yeah i was like Do you know what i like I'm here, I'm in Hawaii, I'm probably never going to be back. Like, it's going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Just, like, mm -hmm. bite the bullet, whatever. But I didn't realise that I, my accommodation was right next to the coastline. I didn't look into where the boat was leaving, where the port was. Mm. The port, so this is the island. I'm up here, the coast is here, the port is here. So it's opposite. I have to get to the port to do the boat tour, and then I have to get back at late at night. Mm -hmm. We're on a, like an island in the middle of the Pacific. There's no yeah. Ubers. Yeah. There was a bus, a rickety old bus that took like hours, but it uh, like stopped at seven o'clock. So I arrive. Um, How long? What's the time travel journey rise? Okay, so in a car to get from the port to the other side of the island was like 40 minutes okay. drive. Oh, yeah. mm. If I was to do that on buses, I'd have to get three buses and that would have taken me two hours. But the oh. buses stopped going when I needed them. So I arrive on this boat tour, like so naive, like, oh, I was like, figure it out. And I was like speaking to the, the staff on the boat, like, oh, how do you think I should get to Princeville? And they were like, you're crazy. <laughs> you're joking, right? Like, you're not. And they basically said, you're not going to get to Princeville at that time. Oh, God. And they literally were saying, you are crazy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm crazy. <laughs> Everybody. It's official. <laughs> I, yeah, it's official. I just was so naive thinking, like, because I'm just so used to being able to walk everywhere and mm -hmm. not have to think about how I'm getting around because you could just, like, you got an Uber with one click. I've never had to think about that. So then I'm, like, stressing, like, oh, my God, how the hell am I going to get back? Um, and it got to the point where I was like, I either hitchhike or I s I'm on the street. <laughs> I'm on the street tonight. Um, after spending 200 pounds on my accommodation, I was like, I am going to get there. And luckily, I made friends with the like staff on the boat. They were two really sweet guys. They like lived in this island for like seven generations. Mm -hmm. Like They were indigenous to the land. They were so knowledgeable. And this one guy was like, okay, if if it's an emergency and you cannot find anything, like, I'll take you, I'll give you a lift. And I was like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. You've like genuinely saved my life. Oh my God. And what was his name? Aaron, I think his name was Aaron. Anyways, but he's like, but I've got to clean the boat. It's going to take an hour. I need to go home. I need to get my dog. Um, I need to have a shower. I was like, you take as long as you like. Yeah. As long as I get to my bed, I am good. Yeah. Um, then the boat um, pulled into the port. He cleaned the boat and I just kind of like sat there and like waited <laughs> completely content. And then we get into his, I don't know what you call it, like big truck. And mm -hmm. he's like, okay, I've got to go pick up my dog. He was like, she's going to be all over you, sitting all over you. I was like, I love dogs. It's fine. It's fine. 
Um, and she's only like small. She's a little little dog. Mm-hmm. And I just it was this other moment of like, where the hell am I yeah. again, yeah. Selena? What are you doing? I'm driving with this like he was the sweetest guy, so nice, and we had the best conversations. Still but a stranger. Still a complete stranger. <laughs> yeah. I had his dog on my lap. I have two scars still on my leg, clawing at me, like biting my hands, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. This is fine. <laughs> and like, cause the dog was like half out the window with his like claws in my legs. Yeah. We were like listening to reggae music he had like a cig in one hand and like windows down we were in Kwai at like 11 o'clock and I was like this is the fucking life where the fuck am I how am I here but I'm not complaining I was I am actually crazy yeah everybody who I've spoken to who I've like come in contact with that I've like explained what I'm doing have told me oh you're so brave you're so Mm -hmm. this I'm like am I like I thought this is what everybody did when they turn like 21 they just like go traveling by themselves no no no, they don't go to Kauai of like a deserted island by themselves no we do transport they don't hitchhike either yeah not anymore there's too many bad stories yeah yeah but you know what that was a cool memory and that that was my favorite thing I did in Hawaii Mm -hmm. because it was Honolulu, obviously, is the major city. It was very commercialized. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get that sort of deserted island feeling. Whereas Kauai, I was like part of the locals. Yeah. Yeah. He was like telling me about all these local cuisine that he mm. cooks. And like, we just, I felt like I was getting true Hawaiian experience mm-hmm. with like a true local. And that's what I love because I just don't like commercialized experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that goes to just show something that we talk about often, how important like connection is in meeting people mm-hmm. when you are abroad because mm-hmm. that's how you learn yes. about all of those things that you wouldn't have known in the past if you don't necessarily yeah. put yourself out there and have that like fuck it mentality that we talked yes. about earlier. Yes. And so like that's part of why going abroad is so great is because you know the locations are beautiful, the destinations are nice, but then you meet all of these people and you kind of understand their cultures, which is something like, especially in America, we're very much in a American bubble mm-hmm. and like you can forget about yes. people in the outside world, even going to like Hawaii where that is like a desolate island. I have no idea how Hawaiians live yeah. or anything mm-hmm. yeah but I know it's I mean you're in the middle of nowhere yes. yeah. it's so far away yes yeah. no when I touched down into Hawaii I had loads of time to kill before I could check in and I was there there was loads of people on the beach there was a guy like tight roping there was some guy playing like it wasn't a ukulele but it was some weird instrument some guy in a one wheel whizzed past I've got like a McDonald's a Starbucks like a cheesecake factory <laughs> and I was like I've arrived I'm in America like there's American flags I was like I'm in America whereas when I went to Kauai I was like oh I'm in Hawaii Mm -hmm. like I'm in another country and that's what I liked I liked that experience of feeling like I was away from the noise and the Mm -hmm. capitalism and the commercialized everything Mm -hmm. and I felt like I was in an authentic place yeah Yeah. which I like then I fly to San Francisco mainland which I thought I was gonna love which I did it's Mm -hmm. beautiful it's such a beautiful place I was like in awe of all the buildings and the architecture and the cute little streets and I had a good time my only thing with San Francisco it's like it's beautiful and I'd lived there but as like a solo traveler there was like okay. not much to do yeah. it was yeah. a bit boring mm-hmm. but that's not a San Francisco thing like if I'd had friends there I would have had the best time yeah I was literally just walking around the streets mm-hmm. and I like do photography and I had all my film cameras and like that was my like purpose otherwise mm-hmm. I would have just been wandering around so that was fun 
but my wildest, maybe not wildest, my second wildest experience was in San Francisco. Okay. And you know what? This is when I had the true American experience. I've been waiting to hear this. You've been because waiting. Because you've been else. hyping this up for a while now. <laughs> okay, and I'm, I'm like, gonna... you're like, I want to save it. And so here we go. It's the moment. I hope it's not going to disappoint because I kind of wish it had been crazier than it was. The oh. potential of the outcome of this experience could have been quite dangerous but it mm. wasn't so I'm still here it's fine mm. I was in a tiny little corner like liquor store getting some cash out out of the ATM it doesn't it gives me half of the money that I withdraw it like stops working so I'm like I need to ask the guy I need to get my money blah 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 and then as I'm like sorting out with the cashier what is that what you call him like a mm, cashier yeah. yeah trying to get like a refund trying to get my money some like dodgy looking guy like struts in and he's like kicking off at the machine because obviously it's not working for him. It's not taking his money though, he's putting his card in it and it's just not working. And he's going like, there's motherfucking motherfucker this, motherfucker that. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, starts then directing his anger at the cashier, like, you know, you motherfucking come sort this out now, da, da, da. Like, as if it's his, the cashier's fault. It just escalated, like he was going, I'm gonna, I've got a motherfucking gun on me, I'm gonna pull this fucking gun on your head, bro. I'm doing like the worst impression. Yeah. Ever. But he was like <laughs> consistently for like five minutes, like, I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out. I've got a fucking gun on me right now. And there's like, so we're in a tiny corner shop. I am one meter away from this guy and one meter away from the cashier. He's like in my space. I'm gonna come meet you after work. I know when you finish. I'm gonna fucking blow your brains out constantly. Racial slurs, like threatening his life, threatening him with a gun. And I was like, okay, I'm in America. I totally believe this guy is gonna pull out a gun. And I'm just here. And I was like thinking, Excuse me, sir, there is a goddamn queue. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my money. Yeah. <laughs> but literally, it was a weird experience of like shock because I'm like, uh -huh, ooh, you uh -huh. don't get experiences like that in the UK. Well, you, you know, you probably do, but not that I've witnessed. And like, I'm not in a dodgy area. I'm like in the middle of San Francisco mm -hmm. in a very normal area. And um, yeah. I was literally, <laughs> it was weird because I wasn't scared. I don't know mm. why. Because he wasn't directing his anger at me, he wasn't threatening my life, So, but I did feel so bad for the guy. Like, oh my god, like, I feel so bad. I think this is terrifying. Imagine yeah. your life being threatened and like a gun being put to your head. And yeah. I totally believed that this guy was going to do it. Mm. How did it resolve? He just like walked off. Um, oh. Finally, I think he just like gave up with like the threats. But I was just like thinking in my head, I want to see this gun. <laughs> Let's see it then. Come on. <laughs> something that you've been saying. Show me. You're Show like, me the gun. I've expected to see more guns. Yes. I haven't seen one gun in America yet and I'm disappointed. So after my first two weeks of being in America, I was almost witnessed gun violence mm -hmm. in front of me, but I didn't. <laughs> and that's what matters. That's what matters. But I guess that does check out. Welcome yes. to America. Mm -hmm. Welcome to America. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about Vegas. So, I've never been to Vegas. Same. I've only heard stories and seen YouTube videos, and mm -hmm. I think a YouTuber's perspective of Vegas seems extremely different yes. than your realistic or real life yeah. version. So I go to I go to San Francisco. Next stop is Vegas. Now I only decided to go to Vegas because I really wanted to go to the desert and some of the national parks, mm. and obviously the nearest place that you can live well kind of and fly into his vegas so i was like mm -hmm. i'll just stay in vegas for a couple nights but and then every day i'll go to different states and i'll go to different national parks and see the desert so i did that i'm tired thinking about it <laughs> vegas 
ate me. Yeah. It ate me up. It spat me out. <laughs> I came to DC yeah. like I hate America. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were so <laughs> mad and upset when I first saw you in yeah. DC. But I think it's because like I never thought about it like this, but you were kind of telling me about how it seems a little bit like the Percy Jackson Lotus Hotel where it just wants to keep you in and it's so hard to get out and like my favorite quote that you told me was like you overheard some random guy walk up to someone and ask how he got out and that would make put me in like a kidnapping like freeze flight fight scenario where I'm like I'm trapped in this building which is a terrifying vision of Las Vegas to have yes I have never experienced anywhere in my life in Vegas. It was terrifying, overwhelming. My idea of a nightmare because I love like authenticity, small places and like, yeah, this was everything but that. It was like capitalism, but at its worst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything was commercialized bigger than everything. And it just felt like so disingenuous and fake and everything felt like it was manipulating you. Every communication that I had with anyone was just like, icky. I land and immediately I'm in the airport and I'm like, where are the signs? How do I collect my bags? I get lost in the airport and there's just gambling um, slot machines everywhere. And I'm like, I'm not here to gamble. I'm here to collect my bags so I can leave. It was, I was immediately landed and I was like, I want to go home because I can't navigate the airport. So the airport was just a nightmare. I finally get to the hotel. The other thing I hate about America is there's no staff. Anywhere, <laughs> everything is do it yourself, mm-hmm. self services, everything's yeah. a machine. It's like I never came in contact with like staff, someone I could speak to for help. Being a tourist and not knowing like how things work and needing to ask questions and help, dealing with machines, they nearly cost me missed flights. So I had to like check in with this damn machine again. And then I finally check in. This machine prints out a note and it's instructions on how to get to my room. I'm not in a hostel on my first night. I'm mm-hmm. in a, a casino hotel. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to treat myself to a four-star mm-hmm. hotel thinking it would be luxury. It was hell. I hated it. I wish I'd been in a hostel. It's just a simple room. Mm-hmm. No, I'm in this like conglomerate, humongous, like three-towered casino hotel and I gotta find my goddamn room. The instructions were like, turn left by the purple zebra and follow the this, da da da, and then go to this lift and then da da da. And I'm carrying all of my suitcases, all of my bags, and I'm like, fuck, I just wanna get to my room. Oh my god. And then I get to my room, drop my bags, and then I leave immediately because I want to like explore Vegas. I wanna like see it. And then I'm like, right, I need to get out of here. (laughs) This isn't like your average hotel. This hotel is the size of a block. huge so you have to walk through the entire casino hotel take you like 15 20 minutes of walking through all the slot machines everything get a lift up across down and get another lift and then cross the road and then you can leave and it just felt like everything was trying to keep you in there nothing and then i heard the guy um go up to the like security guard and was like where's the door how do i get out and i was like I'm in hell. Yeah. This is like a labyrinth of hell. You didn't even go to see like Magic Mike or something. No, I know. I don't think I will ever go back. That's what I heard is where you got. Yeah, there's just. Go. (laughs) Have you heard of those places? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, because I know a bunch of people. I know someone who grew up in Vegas. Oh my god. Who lived in Vegas. I know people who just visited recently as well. Like, know a lot about Vegas, but I've never been. Yeah. No, but knowing you, 
couldn't imagine how you it would was like hell. yeah and being on my own as well just figuring everything out and it's not like you can walk anywhere so I wanted to just like go to the main strip there's no paths there's no sidewalks everything's mm-hmm. like main roads busy mm-hmm. streets if you want to go leave your hotel and go to wherever you're gonna get a taxi yeah um and then i bet it's expensive it's yeah so expensive. the only city in america basically that's walkable is new york city everywhere yeah. else you have to yeah. transport somehow it's the first city enough if you're downtown yes but oh, like, like you're yeah you're pretty far out. I, yeah. I need to drive you know yeah. I, I can't walk no. to a grocery store no, no, yeah crazy. yeah but then you went to dc i then went to dc so yeah my first three weeks of America were like major cities, mm-hmm. apart from when I went to Kauai for 24 hours. Um, and I'm, I'd say I'm kind of a city girl, but after coming to America, I'm probably not because I like my quiet, <laughs> slow living, my cute little like authentic places, little independent quirky shops, coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go to chains. I don't love that lifestyle. And that's what I had in like Honolulu, San Fran and Vegas. So mm. when I came to DC, it was like a fresh of breath air. I was like, oh, I felt like I was in England. Mm-hmm. I was with friends again. So that was nice yeah. to not be alone. And, and then just, it was just beautiful. And it was quieter. It felt like home. It was cute little coffee shops. Mm-hmm. We had a little brunch stop. The buildings were beautiful. I didn't, it didn't feel commercialized or fake. Mm-hmm. And, and then you got to see, you got to see your first fat boy. I guess they took me to oh, like a dive bar. A dive bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I College was like, yeah. there are so many backwards caps in here. <laughs> I see you, fat boys. Yeah, you do not see men with backwards caps in England. Wow, but That's we were so surprised because there was like some cuties too. Yeah, I, nice I, eye candy. I said that I felt like I was in an Abercrombie and Fitch yeah. like, staff room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody in there was like models, beautiful. Like yeah. they looked like they worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, everybody. I was like, is this, is this American college life? Everyone's just like stunning, tanned, and in flip flops and denim shorts and backwards caps. Like, is America just one big Abercrombie? No. You do not. You went to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I, that's true. But yeah, I'm in Savannah. I love, love, love Savannah. It feels like authentic and genuine again. It's beautiful. Like it's so beautiful. I haven't had anybody be rude to me or like yell at me or shout at me, whereas most people have been really rude to me, which is weird. Americans, I found they're either really rude and they're like aggressive and yell at you or they're like so nice and they'll give you like a compliment. Like I had one stranger in Utah come up to me and she was like, you look like you should be in a movie. And I was like, thank you, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> like, just so, it's like such a polar opposite. But yeah, next is New York City. Yeah, we'll see New if you like York. it or you hate it. It's hard to pin you down for that one. Yeah. I think I'll love it. Yeah, we'll see. Because I know I'm expecting the fast life. Yeah. Yeah. It's fast. Yeah, yeah it might eat me up. Like, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But, but I'll be, be cool. prepared. I'll be prepared. Yeah, you're yeah. mentally prepared for it now. Yeah. All right. To conclude today's episode, uh, I wanted to ask you just like one last question that we like to ask everybody, which is have you, all your traveling and all of your advice, um, have you changed? Like, do you consider yourself a different person in a good or maybe a bad way? And like, what are the things that kind of taught you like and helped you down that process? 
So I'm not a different person, I've definitely not changed, but a lot of my perspectives changed, my career path has changed, lots of things have changed in my life. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I went traveling at a point in my life where I wasn't needing change. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'd kind of done my change. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. My perspective changed was that I spent my entire first 20 years of my life wanting to leave the UK. My perspective is now, I love the UK and I did not live anywhere else there hasn't been a country yet where I felt like this can give me a better life than what I have which is such a polar opposite to what I used to mm -hmm. feel so that's quite a massive change and just the life experiences having belief in my fucking mentality mm -hmm. and following through having more confidence in being like a problem solver and knowing that I can literally navigate the world by myself and I can fucking do that because I just did. Yeah. I literally have navigated the world by myself. And yes, it's not changed me as a person, but I have come away with incredible lessons and experiences that I'll have forever. Yeah. And my, my one thing that I take away from it, if I've had so many people, strangers, friends, people on LinkedIn message me being like, oh, this is something I've always wanted to do. Like, I've been wanting to move to Australia or move, work abroad. I've got students in my DMs, like, all the time being like, can you give me advice? So I think this is so important, and I tell this to everyone, is, like, there was nothing special about me going, like, I, I wasn't given the opportunity. Like, mm -hmm. I literally made the decision when everything in my life was fine. I didn't need to leave. Mm -hmm. Everything was great. I made the decision, fuck it. I've wanted to do this forever. I'm just going to do it. And I made the leap and the jump. And then I was like, I will figure out the rest. I gave myself a year of saving and like planning and preparing mm -hmm. after I made the decision. And then I just went. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my advice is don't wait around for something to happen, for it to happen to you. Mm -hmm. There's never going to be a right time. Mm -hmm. I did not be like, oh, this is the right time for me to go. No, I left everything. I left a stable job. I left stable lifestyle comfortability mm -hmm. um i left everything for the unknown and that is like the ultimate tip and advice for anyone or maybe just push yourself if push you, yourself if you might not be uncomfortable because odds are yeah. you know you're going to have these great experiences mm -hmm. yeah these great people possibly your perspective will change yes. mm -hmm. but you yeah. grow out of being in uncomfortable situations mm -hmm. like this seven months there have been some serious, stressful, uncomfortable situations where I've had to problem solve my way out of something, finding my way home. Mm -hmm. Like there's been so many hurdles I've had to overcome. It's not mm -hmm. been easy, especially this month in in America. It hasn't been paradise. It's mm -hmm. been like seventy percent stress, traveling mm -hmm. constantly on the move, getting myself from A to B by myself, alive, and then like thirty percent sightseeing and enjoying myself. So yeah. it's not paradise. It's uncomfortable mm -hmm. but that's where the best experiences and stuff comes out of yeah it's worth it you it is say. worth it yeah okay so my number one tip which beth actually told me so i'm sharing this to the world because it's so important whenever you're gonna do like a, a long flight i now check click multi-city which is an option on like most sites and even if you just type into google sky sagana uh, like most flights will have a, a multi-city option um so for example instead of flying from melbourne to san francisco that was going to cost me like a thousand pounds and it was one way one flight or i could do multi-city and go um melbourne hawaii which is halfway then san francisco so do two flights mm -hmm. 
and then you can pick and choose how long you want to be in Hawaii. You could do it the same day, so you're literally just um, staying there for an hour, or you could stay there for however long. And then, because you're now doing two shorter flights, the price is now £500. It was actually £400 for me to go the same distance, um, but just do it in two steps. It was £600 cheaper. It was like a lifesaver. Wow. So if you're ever going to do a long flight, see if you can stop somewhere for a couple of days and you'll decrease your flight price. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on to yes. our podcast. Our first in-person interview. Yeah. Done and in the books. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoyed it. I have. Yes. Your advice has been great. Yeah. And I think it will help a lot of people. That mentality, the fucking mentality. That's amazing advice. I love it. I mean, I was doing it without realizing, but now it has a name to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like you were giving it like delusional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delusional mentality. Is yeah. Sort of it's the it. same. Naive, mm-hmm. crazy. I've had naive, crazy, wild, mm-hmm. brave. It's all the same thing. Yeah. You just yeah. fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll say bye. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> From across the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching. And a big thank you to Per Coffee for sponsoring us. You can use code GUESSWER15 for 15% off all online orders. Yeah, a deal you don't want to miss. And then also a big thank you to our good friend and interviewee, Selena. It's so great that you were our first in-person interview. It's interesting to have this dynamic, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. You can see us on TikTok and Instagram at Guesswork Podcast, mm-hmm. as well as don't forget, we got We're gonna remind you to save, download, share, turn on your notifications, all the buttons. Mm-hmm. Make sure to press them. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to support us, other yeah. than using our code with perk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.